0: From the
2: TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet One. And this is part two of our 2019 Jets Year End Awards. Yesterday we left off with Best Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year. And today we resumed the year-end awards with the Resident Stat nerd over at JetsInsider.com, Gangrene Nation, TurnonTheJets.com, and Elite Sports New York. Mr. Michael Nania, so let's jump right back into this. Next category, best assistant coach. I am going to give this one a tie because I think that both Brant Boyer and Greg Williams did a tremendous job this season. The Jets ended up second in the league in special teams. Braxton Berrios was the number one punt returner on average in terms of how many yards per punt, which is crazy because he had some experience with the Patriots But nothing that would make you think that he could have been capable of that. Brant Boyer's special teams excellent all season. And Greg Williams, look, can't say enough about what he did with this defense. He lost both of his inside linebackers. And they were replaced with guys that were not even in the same universe as them. As we're talking about C.J. Mosley here, who's one of the top three inside linebackers in the sport. He had to deal with all kinds of injuries to the point where, as we said, he was just saying his prayers and throwing Blessing Austin in off of injured reserve as the sixth-round rookie, even as we expected him to not even play in 2019, but... He found ways to make the defense competitive. He found ways for this defense to keep the team in most games. The defense ended up finishing in the top 10, and it makes you very hopeful of what the Jets' defense could be like if they can add a corner and if they can add an edge rusher. It could be a real special unit in 2020 if C.J. Mosley and Avery Williamson come back to full health.
1: Yeah, I got to go with Greg. And the coaching job he did this season is one of the best coaching jobs, uh, maybe the best coaching job uh, the Jets have gotten in this decade. You know, even go back to 2010, just because of everything the Jets had to deal with this season, all the injuries, because, you know, James Burgess and Neville Hewitt, and they, those two guys made, you know, their share of splash plays, but ultimately they missed a lot of tackles. They were not good in coverage, and the drop off was big. Uh, and Blake Cashman as well, who I think a lot of people forgot about. He was uh, much worse than Burgess and Hewitt were. And those two guys were big drop-offs from uh, Mosley Williamson, who would probably be one of the most talented inside linebacker duos in the league. So you had the injuries there. You had Quinn and Williams miss some time. You had Jordan Jenkins miss some games. Uh, they traded Leonard Williams midseason, which left a pretty big hole up front. And they seamlessly replaced him cornerback and again it's similar as offensive line it's not that it's not really the injuries that hurt them at cornerback because we know how bad Tremaine Johnson and Daryl Roberts are but uh, just the lack of talent there and to you know be going down to you know Marcus uh, Maurice Kennedy and bless on Austin and Arthur Millette, guys who are all battling for spots in the preseason Uh, in Austin's case not even playing at all in the preseason or in any NFL game before he debuted against the Giants Uh, to be playing with the talent that the jets had on defense this season. And, and this is a team that, you know, if healthy would have pretty good uh, talent on defense because of what they have at safety up front at inside linebacker, but especially those the injuries at inside linebacker, that was really the biggest thing. Uh, losing Mosley, losing Williamson and uh, playing with some uh, some makeshift replacements there not having talent at cornerback not having a good edge rusher and you know Terrell Basham and Jordan Jenkins did an admirable admirable job kind of filling in there being decent but we know the Jets don't have a top end pass rusher really Uh, there wasn't a guy in this team who was able to create uh, on his own at a high level this season and that makes it really hard to run your defense because you got to figure out how to create that pressure uh, scheme up that pressure and then that leaves holes in coverage and other areas of the defense so He had a ton. Greg Williams had a ton of obstacles to overcome this season, but uh, he overcame all of them uh, to have the Jets end up finishing ninth and fewest points allowed per drive. So uh, for them to finish top 10 in scoring defense per drive, especially when you consider the field position, the offense did not help them out. They uh, the Jets defense played the worst average starting field position in the league, and they still finished 10th in scoring defense per drive. And in terms of DVOA, they finished up 10th. So this was a top 10 defense this season despite everything they had to go through. They don't have a good cornerback, uh, let alone an elite one. They don't have uh, anybody who was creating as a pass, uh, pass rusher on a consistent basis, whether it be uh, on the defensive interior up front or on the edge. Uh, so it was really a great testament to what he did this season. Hopefully the Jets keep him around next season. And, you know, as long as uh, he wants to stick around, because he did an incredible job this season, uh, just getting mostly Williamson back should be a huge boost for them. And, you know, you can't always just look at the next season and say, okay, the Jets are 10th this season. If they add this, this, and that, they're going to jump, you know, to eighth, to sixth, to fourth if they can get cornerback edge, get those two linebackers healthy. doesn't always work uh, as just as straight and narrow as that. But, you know, if the Jets can get those two guys back healthy, if they can get some upgrades at cornerback, if they can find a legitimate edge rusher, uh, if they can make these upgrades, I mean, you're – Going from a team that was 10th in DVOA this season, uh, ninth in scoring defense per drive with uh, as many obstacles as you could possibly imagine. Uh, so there's definitely a foundation here if they can maintain Greg uh, for them to jump towards being a really, really good defense, uh, not just good, but an elite defense next season. Uh, if they can get those guys healthy and make some key additions. But uh, for Greg Williams, he is easily the assistant coach of the year. But I do want to give some love to Brant Boyer as well. A guy who uh, made the Jets the number one special teams last season Uh, They lost a couple pieces this year, although, you know, Jason Myers and Andre Roberts were due to regress and they did this season. Uh, But he overcame some obstacles as well, made the Jets uh, the fourth best uh, special teams unit this season in terms of DVOA. And, you know, kicker was an issue, but, you know, there's not that much the special teams coordinator can do about that. But the Jets are still fourth in special teams DVOA, even with the field goal unit being one of the worst in the league. But the Jets were the most effective kickoff unit in the league. Uh, in punt return, like you said, Braxton Barrios led the league in punt return average. He was a great pickup. He did exactly what he did in college and with the Patriots in preseason. Uh, his longest – he didn't even have a 30-yard return this season, yet he led the league because uh, that's what he was doing at Miami. He didn't and, – and with the Patriots in the preseason, didn't muff the ball. Uh, he just consistently fielded the ball, made smart plays, and picked up chunk gains, and that's what he did with the Jets this season, riding that to the league lead in punt return average. Uh, The Jets punt coverage was fourth best in the league. Uh, Their kick return unit was one of the more solid groups in the league. Uh, So Brant Boyer did an excellent job for the second consecutive season. So Greg Williams is maybe the MVP of this team, or really, I think Jamal Adams has a better case, but Greg Williams is uh, right there behind Jamal for MVP of this team this year. But Brant Boyer does deserve uh, some love for making the Jets an elite special teams unit for the second year in a row.
2: We did... Pleasant surprise, now let's do most disappointing on both sides of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, there are several candidates here, but I ended up going with Kelechi Semele. There are some that would say that you could go with Ryan Khalil, but here's why I went with Semele With Khalil, he had retired. Joe Douglas talked him out of retirement, and that was one of those situations where you had some skepticism about it, And you just hoped that he would be better than what the Jets had last year. And it was a one-year deal. And if it didn't work out, okay. With Asimile, you knew that a couple of years ago, he was one of the best guards in the league. He had been banged up a little bit. And you figured, you bring him in here, he's healthy, and he'll be rejuvenated. And he'll be back to his old self. Or even if he's at about 75% of what he used to be, big upgraded guard. Instead, he was an absolute disaster. Then got hurt and then he went on IR, and then there was that whole battle with the team. So while I think there are plenty of candidates on the offensive side of the ball for most disappointing, to me, it goes to Kolechia Semele.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with you. It's definitely uh, Kolechia Semele, because like you said, I think he was uh, a guy who you expected to come in and give the Jets an upgrade. We didn't think he would be the all pro player he was a few years ago, but he, you definitely thought he would be an upgrade over James Carpenter, but you know, he couldn't even do that. Then had the, the off the field stuff with the team and obviously didn't even stay healthy enough uh, to stay on the field uh, throughout, you know, even half of the season. So he's definitely the biggest disappointment because of the expectations that he came in with. And, you know, the jets didn't give up too much to get him. They gave up a late round pick. So ultimately they uh, kind of got what they paid for and they did get one back. Uh, in return, I, I believe they swapped a fifth and a seventh to get him. So, you know, they kind of got what they paid for. But like you said, with Khalil, I I think the expectations, although I did expect him to be an average center, and he was disappointing in that, right? I think more was expected from Assembly because he's a little bit closer to still being in his prime. Obviously, he's not. But in terms of his age, uh, you, there was definitely a better chance he would be closer to that peak level. While Khalil, on the other hand, was coming out of retirement. Uh, ultimately just to get some money, it looks like, based on the way he played. But uh, definitely, Osembly, the expectations were higher. And in terms of the skill uh, skill position players, I mean, Bell, in terms of the numbers, was extremely disappointing. But uh, I already talked about a lot, and we will throughout the offseason, about how bad this offensive line was. So it's hard to blame him too much for that. Uh, in ter- and I think Robbie Anderson, Jameson Crowder were about as you'd expect them to be. Uh, as productive as you would expect them to be, and Sam Darnold, I think, even though a lot of us expected him to take a bigger jump, uh, he did take some small steps forward. And again, he's playing with uh, playing in a really tough situation. Still only 22 years old. I don't think he's been. I don't think he was as disappointing as assembly was. So I think Osamli definitely takes uh, the prize here.
2: And on the defensive side of the ball, plenty of candidates there as well. I'm going to go with Tremaine Johnson. And I know a lot of people are going to say, how could you have been disappointed in Tremaine Johnson? He's Tremaine Johnson. All I expected of him was to be at least a passable starting corner this year. I wasn't asking for him to live up to his salary. I wasn't asking him to be a pro bowler. I wasn't even asking him to be a good starter, just a passable starter, and he couldn't even do that. He was one of the worst cornerbacks in football while he was playing. Then he got hurt. And he was put on IR, never seen again, and that was the most productive that he was all season was when he was on the injured reserve. And now in the offseason, I'm pretty sure he's going to be released. What an absolute waste of money. Even worse Than when they brought back Darrell Revis in 2015, I'm not disappointed because I expected Tremaine Johnson to be awesome. I'm disappointed because I expected him to at least look like a football player out there. And instead, he looked like roadkill in all of the games that he played. So Tremaine Johnson, for me, most disappointing.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. And just the way you explained it is perfect because we did not expect him to live up to the contract. I think he made it clear uh, in 2018, his first season here, that he was not ever going to live up to that deal. He just didn't have uh, the talent or athleticism left to do that. And, you know, before they signed him, I was definitely uh, extremely skeptical of signing him. I definitely did not think he was going to be worth that deal or was ever good enough to even be worth it. And that turned out to be right. One of the few times I'm right, I'll be honest. But uh, with that one, it it was definitely a dubious uh, idea to sign him, and it didn't work out. And then this season, I think the hope was just – and we talked about this a lot, I think – uh, I definitely thought he's one of the biggest X factors, but not because uh, we thought he was going to be great, but just if he can be okay, then that would do a lot uh, for this defense. And he was not even able to come remotely close to that. And the Jets were able to find, you know, reserve preseason fringe players who are substantially better than him. So uh, he's extremely disappointing. The Jets are going to have to eat a lot of dead money to get rid of him after the season. So uh, he go- will go down as one of the worst region signings the Jets have ever made. But uh, to go back a few months before the season, I think uh, ultimately the best choice here, uh, if we're not, if we're looking before the season as well, it's got to be Ja'Kai Polite, who didn't even get on the field for the <laughs> Jets uh, before getting cut uh prior to mm. his first season. So Tremaine Johnson and Ja'Kai Polite, uh, two of the most infamous Jets mm. defensive additions of all time here in one offseason, courtesy of Mike McKagan.
2: Ja'Kai Polite's an interesting choice. That didn't even occur to me, but that is certainly somebody that you could argue belongs on the list. Let's talk about Rookie of the Year, and we're going to combine this because there just weren't enough players to consider for both sides of the ball. And this is a tough one because I've seen people suggest Blessing Austin, but the problem is Blessing Austin only played six games. So I have trouble giving the award to him outright. I'm going to make this a three way tie, which is kind of unorthodox, but I'm going to say it's Quinn and Williams. Kyle Phillips and Blessin Austin So you have a 6th round pick An undrafted rookie and the number 3 overall pick There are people that are going to say Quentin Williams was disappointing this year And in some ways he was But Michael you and I have talked about A lot of the reason why he didn't put up The eye-catching numbers And why he wasn't making the flash plays That a lot of people were expecting of him And that a lot of people like myself and you Were hoping for in his rookie year I still think he had a pretty solid rookie season He flashed quite a bit He did what he he was asked in terms of stunting and two gapping and I think that he played a pivotal role on one of the league's best run defenses bless and Austin I thought had six really good games in total if he had done that for the entire season he would have run away with this award but because he only played six games I can't give it to him outright and I thought Kyle Phillips while he cooled off down the stretch had a pretty nice rookie season especially for a guy that wasn't even drafted so I think when you put the three guys together they all had their shortcomings Phillips was solid, but nothing amazing. Blessing Austin was really good, but only for six games. And the big drawback with Quentin Williams, of course, is that for where he was drafted, he didn't quite produce in the manner that you would have hoped he would. So I think a tie between the three is fair.
1: Yeah, I I think for me, I'm just going to go with Quentin Williams outright. I think if you throw the draft position out the window, he's clearly the most impactful rookie. Because like you said, Austin was really solid throughout most of the time he was there. But It ultimately was less than half of a season, and he capped it off with uh, one of the worst defensive plays any individual player made for the Jets this season. Uh, So I think that even though Austin is uh, maybe the most promising rookie they have going forward uh, based on what he showed this season, it was only a half season of play. Kyle Phillips, I I think Phillips was more of a role player than Williams was because I think Quinton Williams was really uh, playing a central role in the run defense being so good, the defensive line having such a solid season. He didn't put up any flashy numbers this season like we've you know talked about a bunch. I think everyone is aware of that. But, but he, I think he was really consistent this season, uh, made his plays against the run, made some crucial pressures. I think he finished the season with a really good run over his last few games. So I think Quinn Williams definitely deserves this award. Kyle Phillips was very solid. But again, I think he's more of a role player doing uh, more, more so, cleaning up the work done by all, other players like Quinn and Williams, uh, than creating the uh, just creating the opportunities for others like I think Quinnen Williams did a lot of. So bless on Austin, not enough playing time. Kyle Phillips very solid, but uh, I think Quinn and Williams just had a more central role uh, in the success of the defense. And again, if we're you know taking draft position into, into account, then Quentin uh, Quinn definitely does not deserve uh, this award because you know we expected a lot more from him. Frankly, we definitely. Thought he was going to be a guy who could come right in uh, and be a force on both sides of the ball. But he is a very young rookie. He came in at only 21 years old, so he has plenty of time to develop. No guys, uh, no player's career is over after one season, and he did progress throughout the year. We know how much potential he has. We know that uh, he didn't even play that much in college before coming to the league. So uh, he was uh, he's about as raw as they come. For a top five pick not a lot of guys who get picked that high in the draft are as raw as he is you know uh, with his age and just not having played as much at Alabama as a lot of other top picks do play in college so he has as much room to grow as any other player in the league especially with just his physical ability and we saw so many flashes throughout the season of how quickly he can move At his size, his speed score, I mean, uh, which is his uh, his 40 time adjusted for his weight and his height uh, is above the 90th percentile at his position. And we saw plenty of examples of that this season. So I think on the whole, he's definitely the most solid rookie and uh, he has plenty of room to grow going forward. Obviously, we expected more pass rushing production this season and, you know, a little more consistency because he did have some dry spells started off the season a little rocky and in terms of health hopefully uh he isn't as you know consistently banged up as he was this season didn't miss a ton of time but you know ideally uh he stays healthy for 16 games next year and uh going forward but uh, i think he's definitely the most solid rookie because i think he played a central role on that defensive line playing really well especially with leonard williams uh getting traded mid-season uh quinnon really had to come in and fill those shoes, and he did a pretty good job of it. There wasn't a drop off after uh, Leo left, and Quinnon was a really big part of that. So I think he's definitely the best rookie. Phillips and Austin are great honorable mentions. I think those two guys both have uh, really good chances to be core parts of this defense going forward. But I still think that, you know, if you look past the stigma of uh, where these guys were picked, and, and Phillips' case not being picked at all, if you look past that, just take. Uh, take the draft uh, attachments out of there and just compare how they played. I think Quinn and Williams was the most impactful rookie for the Jets this year.
0: While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill.
2: Play like a Jet, play like a Jet Best new edition We'll start on the offensive side of the ball And to me, this is Jamison Crowder Michael, you and I were both very happy When the Jets signed Crowder We thought that he was perfect for this offense and while he did have a stretch where he went radio silent for a bit, overall, I thought he had a really nice first season with gangrene. I wonder if he could have hit 1,000 yards if Sam Darnold had been healthy for the three games when he was out because his numbers indicate that there's a good chance that it would have happened. But here's how he finished the season. Career high in reception, 78. Second best season in terms of receiving yards at eight hundred thirty-three; second best season in terms of touchdowns with six. I thought he proved to be a really strong slot receiver, very dependable target, and a guy that the Jets can have some confidence in going forward with Sam Darnold. We don't know if Robbie Anderson will be back yet, but we know that Crowder will be around, and that's a good thing.
1: Yep, Crowder is definitely exactly as advertised. You knew what he brought to the table. He is a better big play threat than most other slot receivers are. He's got a lot of speed after the catch, and he makes more catches down the field than most other slot receivers can make. Uh, And both in in terms of, you know, play by play, the ability to make big plays and in terms of the big picture game by game, uh, that was the kind of player he was in Washington. He would have some absolutely huge games and he would have uh, some stretches where he went really quiet. And that's exactly what he did with the Jets this season. And, you know, that that game in Baltimore, that two play stretch there really encapsulated who he is, drops uh, absolutely wide open pass from Darnold Then the next play is on the receiving end of arguably the best throw that Darnold made this season. So I, I, but on the whole, he's definitely probably one of the top 10 to 15 slot receivers in the league. And you know, the two top options on the slot market in the offseason were uh Crowder and Cole Beasley. And those two guys are just complete polar opposites at the same position. Cole Beasley being a guy with, uh, you know, lower drop rates, more consistent game to game production, but at the same time, isn't as capable as making as many big plays as much, uh production after the catch, having uh, you know, games with over a hundred yards, scoring a lot of touchdowns. And, you know, both guys really ended up living up to what they were uh in their previous NFC East stop before coming over to the AFC East Beasley, the Bills and Crowder with the Jets. So I think he definitely gave them uh what they what they expected him to get, what they hoped to get from him, what I hoped to get from him. Uh and and even during his unproductive stretch, I think there were some I think Crowder's the guy who probably uh, right right there with Robbie Anderson probably had the most production left on the table among the pass catchers this season because Darnold, one of his biggest issues this season is just uh, taking some aggressive shots down the field, especially on third down, uh, trying some overly aggressive throws down the field when there were open checkdowns, you know, five, three yard, even like three yard passes uh, right there in front of him for potential first downs. I think Crowder had uh, a good number of, uh, you know, throws in that five-yard range for potential first downs that Darnold didn't see him. Uh, and it was really Robbie and Crowder the whole season. I think the rest of the guys were very rarely missed by Darnold because they just were not getting open as much as those two guys, which is a testament to how bad they are, how good uh, Crowder and Robbie Anderson were this season. So I think Crowder definitely lived up to expectations. Uh, he's a good piece to have in that slot role. There are not... Uh, Obviously, there are players better than him, but you can do a lot worse at slot receiver than you can with Crowder. I think we saw a really good example with Jermaine Curse last season. So he's been a huge upgrade in that spot, and he definitely is a good player to have. Uh, definitely good value on the deal the Jets gave him for the next few years. So hopefully he does stay healthy and stick around for the entirety of that deal because he is a very good. Uh, he definitely showed that chemistry with Darnold throughout the season, and it's a good compliment what he can do well if Darnold does develop into a star it's going to be because he does a better job seeing those check downs moving the chains on third down uh, just kind of toning down the aggressiveness and doing a better job uh, keeping the ball moving down the field picking up those third down conversions that's what Darnold's going to have to do better if he's going to be elite and Crowder is the guy who's going to benefit from that if Darnold does make those strides
2: Best new edition, defense. I was positive that when we got to this point in the season, Michael, my answer here would have been C.J. Mosley. Instead, C.J. Mosley gets hurt, and so he's not the guy that ends up getting this award from me. Instead, it goes to a guy who is more or less an afterthought when he was signed to a one-year contract. A lot of people thought that he was nothing more than a younger buster screen. Instead, Brian Poole turned in an excellent season in the slot for the New York Jets to the point now where I think everybody is on board with bringing him back for multiple seasons. He was one of the best slot corners the Jets have had in a really long time. No question about it in my mind, Michael, that Brian Poole was the best new addition on the defensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah, it's an easy pick because, you know, Brian Poole is not only, you know, the best of a so-so group of additions for the Jets on defense. He's one of the best slot corners in the league. He gave up only 0.57 yards per cover snap. Uh, the slot this season, that was the best in the league. And overall, he gave up only 0. .53 yards per cover snap, which is second best among all corners behind only Richard Sherman. So he was excellent this season. Uh, really, there just was not a game where a team, the opposing team wanted to pick on Brian Poole that much. He just game after game uh, took on his matchup and kept opposing slot receivers out of it. You know, slot receivers did not beat the Jets up that much this season as much as we were used to seeing them beat the Jets up. Uh, Over the past few seasons, you know, particularly with Buster's screen, but you know, they toasted other Jets corners even before he was there. Uh, But that was not an issue for the Jets this season. Brian Poole was excellent this year and in run support. He was really good, Uh, just tackled very well, did a good job in the box. And even as a pass rusher, Greg Williams used him. Uh, as much as any other cornerback in the league. And that was one of his best assets coming over from Atlanta. And, you know, even with the Falcons, you know, he is a a volatile player. In his rookie season, he put up numbers like this, was one of the better slot corners in the league. That was the year the Falcons went to the Super Bowl. And Then the next two seasons after that, uh, he was closer to the bottom of the league. So he was this erratic player uh, going into this season. And, you know, that's something the Jets will have to think about as they, uh, you know, go through negotiations with him if they wish to bring him back uh, because he was really erratic in Atlanta. Is he going to be able to replicate this? Uh, I, I, I think if the jets do resign him, then, you know, you're probably not going to get these numbers again because it's just really hard for any cornerback unless you're, you know, the best of the best to repeat these numbers. But I think most likely you are going to get very solid play from him again. He was really good this season. You know, even independent of what the numbers say, you just, uh, watching game after game. Like we said, their teams just were not going after him this season. Uh, he, game after game did a great job in coverage uh, on the ball made a lot of plays uh, most notably had that pick six which uh, you know ironically wasn't even a play that he made against the Raiders but uh, just overall his play on the ball is really good he came down and a big part of being a slot corner is being able to tackle underneath because you can't uh, those the In coverage, they give up, you know, really high completion rates because uh, those guys in the slot get a lot of underneath catches, so it's hard for them, uh, slot corners, to actually get a lot of pass deflections, interceptions, because most of the targets that they face are just, you know, dump off, you know, screen plays, throws into the flat. So tackling is extremely important at that position, and Brian Poole is really good in that area this season, uh, as he was over his first few seasons with the Falcons. Really, it was coverage that was the, and you know, just covering, you know, in the flat, you know, just those slant routes, short short first downs. That was his biggest issue with the Falcons. And this season, he really tightened that up. Teams just were not beating him on those short little slant routes, short little out routes, stop routes, things like that. Uh, those short third down conversions. Teams just were not getting those against him this season. So Poole had an excellent season. Uh, by, far the best def- by far the best addition on the team, uh, offense or defense. Uh, so he was definitely, like you said, an afterthought. And they signed him just a cheap one-year deal. A replacement for buster screen who you thought you know he could be better he could be the same uh he's younger that was good but just a move that didn't get a lot of attention but uh 16 games are in the books now and he was one of the best slot corners one of the best cornerbacks in the game really regardless uh, of whether they played inside or outside so the jets have uh really uh it should not be too hard of a decision to bring him back just because you know, you're know you not going to find someone a better option than him. They don't have a better option, even close to as good of an option in-house uh, to replace him. So it should be an easy decision to go out there and be aggressive to bring him back. It will be interesting to see how close he comes to replicating the season going forward. But uh, it should be an easy decision for the Jets to go out there and be aggressive uh, to get Brian Poole back this season
2: comeback player of the year this is an interesting one and i'm going to combine it because there weren't enough players on the team that came back from anything but to me the one that stands out here for sure is marcus may marcus may coming off a season where he was disappointing and injured for the bulk of the year he comes back he plays all 16 games this year And he played at a high level for most of them. Now, there was a stretch where he was pretty erratic. There were some times where he dropped interceptions. There were some times where he got beat on some plays. But overall, he's turned himself into a pretty solid center fielder and a really good partner for Jamal Adams. So Marcus May, for me, comeback player of the year for the Jets.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you on that because, you know, he's banged up last season, uh, played in only six games, I believe. But uh, in those six games last season, he did appear to be taking some steps forward uh, from his you know somewhat overrated rookie season because I think uh, while he had some really good moments in that rookie season, there were also some down moments that got a little bit overlooked. But he's really promising in that rookie season uh, in 2017. And then last year when he was healthy, I think he really started to show some progression, but he just wasn't able to stay on the field long enough. Uh, to really you know showcase that over the course of a whole season, but this season he did stay healthy, and I think a lot of people attached an injury-prone tag to him after just one season of missing a few games. He was you know pretty healthy in college. He didn't miss a game as a rookie, uh, so it was good to see him come out here in 20, uh, 2019 and play every single game. Show you know show everyone that he can stay healthy, is uh, a relatively healthy player. And when he was on the field, he did kind of continue the progression we saw last season. Like you said, it wasn't perfect. Uh, he gave up a touchdown against the Ravens. There were moments where he missed some tackles. Uh, I believe he missed tackles at a higher rate this season than he did over his first two. But he did also, I think, make a lot more big plays this season than he did over the last two seasons uh, over the last two years, and especially you know down the stretch here. That game against the Steelers was one of the best games he's played. Uh, he made you know two huge plays in coverage in that game, then a couple of great open field tackles against the Cowboys. That was a signature performance made a lot of great plays in the open field against Ezekiel Elliott. So I think he had a lot of really good uh, peak moments this season. And against the Bills in that first game, he did drop an interception, which was huge. You do want guys to catch that, but overall he did play really well in that game. So I think May has developed into a really good last line defense. And ultimately, the less you're hearing his name, the better it is because Uh, Just especially when you play that the role the way that Greg Williams wants him to play when he's just playing that deep middle safety role teams just aren't going to challenge him that often because really his role is to just be there so teams uh, don't attack him that often but uh, when they have attacked him more often than not he's been coming through uh, with you know stopping those potential touchdowns uh, much more often than he's been giving them up Uh, there just really have not been too many instances Uh, Over his career with the Jets, uh, especially over the last two seasons, there were some as rookie. But, you know, since 2018, there have not been too many instances where May has been the victim or uh, victimized with the huge coverage breakdown down the field. And like we saw before Marcus May and Jamal Adams came along in 2016, when the Jets safety play with Marcus Gilchrist and Calvin Pryor was as bad as we've seen with this team over the past few years, Uh, We know that when your free safety isn't good and is really struggling, then he's going to get exposed on a consistent basis because, you know, it's hard to see what the free safety is doing on TV Uh, harder than any other position on the field. But if he's not giving up those big plays on a consistent basis, like we know bad safeties will, uh, as we've seen with this team before, uh, then he's probably playing really well. And you look at the film, he is uh, doing a pretty good job. Uh, And just with the, the, the ratio of, you know, save touchdowns he makes, uh, to get just saved big plays, uh, big plays that he saves to big plays that he gives up is very strong. It was last season in the few games he played, and he did a good job with that this season. Not a perfect player, not a Pro Bowler, but uh, definitely a very good free safety and an excellent compliment uh, really a perfect compliment to what Jamal Adams does because to have a guy in Adams who can you know dominate from any spot on the field. Uh, It's really good to have a guy in May who could sit back there uh, and you can feel comfortable that he's going to play his role effectively, not mess anything up, get everyone on the same page, and really prevent those big plays. You did a great job of that this season. So for him to come back after an injury prone 2018 and really kind of build on that progression he showed in that limited time last season was a huge comeback year for him.
3: Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives, it's going to be a 60 game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before and I'm going to be giving you picks every single day 7 days a week with Major League Baseball we're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well if you like baseball and you like being able to make some money subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn or wherever you get your podcasts
2: play like a jet play like a jet defensive player of the year There were a lot of good players on this defense this year But the one that stuck out above all Jamal Adams This is a guy who went through a bit of a disappointing stretch After it looked like he was going to get traded And we had that whole fiasco and then the next game, it looked like he had given up, and he had two games in a row where they were below average, especially by his standards. And then all of a sudden, the light bulb went on. Greg Williams started using him as an all-purpose jack-of-all-trades, sort of along the lines of what we saw at of Troy Palomalu in Pittsburgh – and he became one of the most dominant defensive players in football down the stretch of the season. He was hurt briefly with that ankle injury, but, man, he was tremendous overall this season. No question. Best player on the defense, Jamal Adams.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt that he's the best player on defense and on the entire team. Uh, And like you said, there was a stretch there, and it did coincide with those trade rumors where it really seemed like the Jets were very close to making Jamal Adams a cowboy uh, there was that stretch, uh, I believe, in those two games against the Jaguars and Dolphins where he was not playing that well, you know, not just by his own standards, but, you know, by regular NFL safety standards. He was re- kind of struggling in those two games. But then he came back and played some of his best football uh, from that point on. And, you know, just the injury, it was interesting to see how the Jets would bounce back with him off the field. Whenever you get the opportunity to see uh, how a team plays with one of their best, without one of their best players, uh, it definitely kind of gives you a good look at their value. And in those two games, you know, the Jets really struggled at home against a bad Dolphins team. Then they go to Baltimore, and not that they would have stopped them with Jamal Adams, because the Ravens are ridiculous, but they did struggle in the two games he played before, playing well prior to that game, and then playing well after he came back. But uh, really, after those rough two games, he started going off with that Giants game, and then had that tear where he had uh, what was it, six sacks in three games, uh, I believe, over that winning streak. But uh, sacks are what everyone pays attention to, but a handful of sacks over the course of the season should not be uh, what his year is represented by. It should be all the pressures he makes. You know, against the Steelers, he had a pressure that led to the Terrell Basham interception. Like you said earlier, against the Cowboys, he had the pressure in that two point conversion, which doesn't count for anything in the box score, uh, but that is a game winning play that he made there. Uh, other plays he makes a ton of tackles short of the sticks that's another thing he does well in coverage he has really improved in coverage he tackles excellently underneath and even you know just you know down the field his coverage uh, before the ball is thrown has been really solid uh, after uh, after a tough rookie season over the past couple of seasons he's been very good in coverage uh, not just the tackling underneath but just preventing targets in his direction against tight ends in the slot he's doing it all uh, we know how good his run defense is. He can, uh, if you don't block him on the edge, he's going to chase that play down from behind and stop it for a loss. If you do block him, he's probably going to put your wide receiver on the ground. He's probably going to stonewall your tight end and get into the backfield and channel it up the middle for one of the Jets' really good defensive tackles to stop it for stuff. He is just the most versatile safety in the league. He is the best safety in the league. I don't think there's a question about it just because of the versatile array of ways he can impact the game as a pass rusher in coverage, whether it's in zone or man as a run defender, and he can do it off the edge. He can do it coming up the middle. There really is nothing this guy can't do. And uh, this is why they drafted him number six, just because of uh, the wide array of things he can do. And uh, it was very good to see that after a rough stretch in the middle of the season, he was able to come back and make up for that with a dominant stretch of games after that, and overall, he totally lived up to uh, what he did in that breakout twenty eighteen season. So, two straight elite, uh, obviously two Pro Bowls the last two seasons, and he is uh, extremely worthy of those and All Pro name uh, being named to All Pro teams as well. We'll see if he can uh, make that this year, as he did last year. But he is deserving of it. Uh, he is excellent. He's the best player on the Jets, and there's no doubt about that. And he is, uh, in my opinion, the best safety in the league, simply because I don't think there's another player out there. can do as many things as he does there might be players who are better in run defense there might be players who are better you know in man coverage zone coverage players better one particular thing but Adams is arguably a top three to five player uh, among safeties in every single thing every single role you can ask them to do so uh, he's just developed really well quickly hit his ceiling and uh, hopefully the Jets realize uh, what kind of player they have in him because I think the safety position gets labeled as a position that is not a premium position. And for the most part, that's right. But sometimes and even at non-premium positions, you know, like defensive tackle, like safety, like linebacker, sometimes there are special players who go beyond the limitations of a position and really make that a uh, superstar impact, you know, like your Luke Keekly at linebacker, like your Aaron Donald at defensive tackle. And I think Jamal Adams fits that description at safety because you take him out of the lineup. The guy you're putting in there to replace him just can't do the things that he can do, affect the game in the number of ways that he can. You know, just I think that play against the Steelers, where he made that pressure, leading to Terrell Basham's interception, that's the kind of thing, more so than the sacks with Daniel Jones and uh, the big plays like that. Those are plays that the box score just doesn't track, but it's just him playing great football, executing his role, beating the people in front of uh, – beating his assignment – uh, just creating a turnover in a way that doesn't get a lot of recognition. And he does that a lot. So uh, I think he's is uh, superstar safety, best in the league, and the Jets need to do whatever it takes to make sure he spends his entire career uh, with them.
2: Offensive player of the year. This is a tricky one because I don't think anybody was especially great this year, but I think that the best player and the most important one was Sam Darnold. He didn't make the leap in the way that we would have liked. We were hoping he would become that elite quarterback and make the leap in a way that, say, Lamar Jackson did this year or even the way that Carson Wentz did in year number two with Philadelphia. Instead, he went from being somebody that was a very erratic rookie to a somewhat less erratic second-year player. He was good, but he didn't quite get to that level that we were hoping for yet. Still, though, best and most important player on the offense.
1: Yeah, I think I would agree with that. He did kind of finish slowly. But, I mean, overall, it's just hard to pick a player who was better than him. You can't go with Bell because as much as you want to you know, separate him from the offensive line, uh, he still produced at a very bad level throughout the season. And, again, it's not really his fault, but you can't really go with him. Uh, Crowder and Anderson were decent, but they had long stretches, of very little production. But I think Darnold uh, and definitely having the three games where he didn't play kind of showed you his value to this team because without him, no one was doing anything on that offense. It was a historically terrible group without him on the field. So I think those three games really showed you uh, how valuable he is to this team. And, and these last two games are really the first time in Darnold's career that they won in spite of him because he really did struggle against the Steelers and the Bills. But uh, prior to that, he was playing some of the best football of his career over those six games. Uh, prior to that Steelers game uh, over that middle part of the season, I think he really, really kind of got them going with that three game winning streak, especially he was playing really well. So uh, I think he's easily the most important player on the team just because the skilled players uh, on this on the Jets this season were not able to separate themselves enough. And obviously Bell's a guy who you would think uh, with who does have the talent to you know make himself as important as a Christian McCaffrey or, you know, a Michael Thomas, Uh, that level of importance from the skill position. But uh, with the offensive line, as bad as it was, he was not able to do that. So Darnold was definitely the most important player on the offense this year. And I mean, there is, even though he wasn't an above average quarterback this year, I think there is a decent argument. He was close to average because you look at all the quarterbacks this year uh, in the league, there really is a pretty big drop off after about top 15 or so. So I think there is a decent argument. He's in that, you know, maybe low teens range around 20, 21, 22, even though the stats put him around, you know, 25, 26. I think there's a decent argument he he's better than that. And you look at him against all the other players on the Jets, that really might make him, uh, on the Jets' offense, that really might make him uh, one of the better players on the team. I think Crowder and Anderson were both above average receivers, but uh, Darnold in terms of just what the team was able to do with him versus without him definitely made his importance clear.
2: And finally, MVP of the Jets in 2019. I don't think there's any question here. It's the same guy that we said was defensive player of the year. Best player in the team, bar none. The heart and soul of the team. He may or may not get traded in the offseason if the Jets get offered a king's ransom, but Jamal Adams, team MVP in 2019, not even close.
1: Yep, not even a debate. I, I think you could go with Lachlan Edwards, but, uh, <laughs> but Jamal, I think, edges them out a little bit.
2: I will say also, a category that we didn't get a chance to do was underappreciated Jets, and obviously Lachlan Edwards and hen dog Thomas Hennessy would have been right there. Those two guys holding down the fort. In fact, I'll tell you something. People have been on certain beat reporters lately, but one of them had the nerve to step out of line and say something bad about Lachlan Edwards, and you put that gentleman right in his place, Michael.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man, I'm not sure what we're talking about. The Lachlan Edwards hate. There are a lot of things you could criticize the Jets for, but the man who is the leader of one of the best punting units in the NFL this season (laughs) is not the guy you should be criticizing
2: not only that Michael but as we know he's a legendary holder
1: yes for sure (laughs) I, I mean let's be honest there were some shaky moments this season but we could just attribute that to the terrible uh field goal kicking we had this season but give give Lachlan Edwards a good kicker and you'll see how good of a holder he is he's just a perfect combination with thomas Hennessy, the highest graded long snapper in football
2: <laughs> there will be no thomas hennessey or lachlan edwards slander on this show ever so get that out of your head michael thanks so much for joining me for this two-part countdown to end and begin the year Ending 2019, beginning 2020 here with our end of year 2019 Jets countdown. For those that want to read your work and follow you on social media, how can they do that? Yeah, on
1: Twitter at Michael underscore Nannia. Uh, I tweet out pretty much art, my art, all of my articles there. Uh, I'm doing stuff at Gangry Nation, Elite Sports New York, Jets Insider now, Yard Barker. So plenty of good stuff. And the offseason is really when uh, the best stuff comes out for me. It personally, because you know, during the season you're trying to focus on week after week, recapping games, previewing games. But uh, the off season, especially in the NFL, is extremely long. Uh, it gives you a ton of time to you know dig into the numbers, dig into the film, and uh, that's when I really like to put together a lot of. Uh, really cool projects and stuff So, uh, And my best stuff will be coming out Here in the offseason That's always when I like to do uh, My biggest, most ambitious pro- uh, projects So that should be a lot of fun And uh, the football does not stop uh, Whether it is January, February, March If it's the middle of May, the middle of June uh, I will be out here telling you about Stats about the Jets Tight ends blocking Long snapping stats How great Lachlan Edwards is uh, His holding uh, stats and all this nonsense but the off season is the best time for all these uh huge studies i like to do because i throw out a lot of stats on, and stuff on twitter during the season but like uh stuff such as the offensive line rankings i do uh things like that uh all the bigger studies the offseason is the best time for that so look and also the sam darnold grades uh, that mm-hmm. i think i talked about on this podcast uh before i'm not sure if i have but i have been looking back Uh, Through off Sam Darnold's games this year is rookie season grading every single play of his career every single passing play of his career uh, to kind of get a more accurate look at how well uh, he's been playing beyond what the box score says Uh, so I'm really looking forward to coming on here and talking about that a lot that has been uh, very interesting and doing it for some other young quarterbacks as well uh, to compare Darnold to them but all the good stuff comes out in the offseason.
2: And Michael, I'm looking forward to breaking down all that Sam Darnold information with you on the show. We're going to do it in multiple parts because there's so much. But I think it really paints a complete picture of what Sam Darnold has been during his first two seasons. First 26 starts in the NFL. And it's going to be a long series, but it's going to be well worth your time. Trust me, Michael and I have talked about it already, and I'm super excited to get it going. So that will be going on over the next couple of weeks as we get ready for the jets entering their next phase via free agency that of course will come up in march but michael will have plenty to say about that as well so go ahead and read him in all the places that he just mentioned follow him on twitter at michael underscore Nania, and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcast you know where to go that's turn on the jets digital and turn on the jets.com